In the beginning, day three, the beans, or the background. Throughout this series, we are exploring the book of Genesis. Genesis is the first book of the Bible written by Moses as a way of preserving the earliest history of God's people. The verse, Genesis chapter 17, verse 19. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. The fill. What's the point? Abraham and Sarah. Generations after Noah, we meet Abram and Sarai. Yes, I spelled those names correctly. God calls Abram to follow him and become the father of his people. As a sign of God's covenant between him and this couple, God changes their names from Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah. They are baffled when God told them that he would make their descendants as numerous as the stars because Abraham and Sarah were old and had never been able to have children, something you kind of have to have in order to have descendants as numerous as the stars. Anyway, still, God promises, and Sarah laughs when he does, that she will have a baby, even in her old age. After hearing this promise, Sarah doesn't become pregnant immediately. So, as you can probably relate to, Sarah decides to take things into her own hands and give her servant to Abraham to have a child for her. This was actually somewhat customary during this time for couples who couldn't conceive on their own. Well, Sarah's plan works, and Hagar, Sarah's servant, has a son named Ishmael. But things didn't go as Sarah planned, and she becomes very bitter, and relations between the two women are strained. Years later, just as God promised, Sarah does in fact become pregnant and give birth to a son, Isaac, meaning laughter because Sarah laughed when God said she'd have a son. Because of the difficult relationship between the women, Abraham sends Hagar and Ishmael out into the wilderness. God does provide for them and does make Ishmael's descendants large and prosperous. However, his covenant remains with and it is established through Isaac. Then, Abraham almost sacrifices Isaac. You may remember hearing the pretty disturbing story of God calling Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. This, of course, sounds absolutely ludicrous because the fact that Isaac is here is a complete miracle. God had promised to establish his people through this child, so killing him before he has children of his own makes absolutely no sense. Abraham had learned by this point to trust God. So he travels to the top of the mountain with his son, and as he is about to sacrifice him, an angel of the Lord calls out, Abraham, do not lay a hand on the boy. Now I know that you fear God because you have, withheld, you have not withheld from me your own son, your only son. Abraham looks up and sees a ram caught by the horns in a bush. So he takes the ram and sacrifices it instead of his son, Isaac. Disclaimer. God will not call you to sacrifice your son. And child sacrifice is actually forbidden according to God. But this story introduces the idea of substitutionary sacrifice and foreshadows the biggest story of them all, Jesus becoming our ultimate sacrifice hundreds of years later. See, God really knows how to build a good story. Bestine, what does this mean to me and how can I apply it to my life today? Trust. Do you trust in God with all your heart? 
Most of us, myself included, would have to say no. We fail to trust God fully as Abraham does and instead go our own way as Sarah did. The thing is, when we're praying over a decision, eventually we get that feel it in your gut feeling where we begin to figure out what the right choice to make is. This gut feeling that just can't be described is actually the Holy Spirit working in your heart, leading you. So if you're feeling, so if you're really devoting time to prayer over a decision, the closer you draw to God, the more clearly you'll be able to interpret that gut feeling. However, this has to be said, the decision you feel led to make won't always make sense, and it won't always be what you want it to be. And that is where trust is learned. Recently, I really wanted to help and join a committee that I knew that just needed the gifts that I had to offer. However, as good of a cause as it was, and as much as I felt like I was the right fit, I felt God telling me, no, wait. While I wish I could say I was an Abraham who listened, I didn't. I was a Sarah who acted according to what I felt was right and joined the committee. At the first meeting, I came to realize that the gifts I possessed and those needed of this position didn't actually line up like I thought, and I really didn't have the time to properly devote to it either. Lesson learned. The thing to remember is that God sees the full picture. While our view is limited to today, trust that he is leading you in the right direction, even if it doesn't feel right, make sense, or line up with your dreams. He has your best interest at heart and knows the exact steps to take in order to for you to discover all of the blessings he has waiting for you.